The first one is that, because um, I'm not going to be at Washer tonight, I think I'm supposed to plug this book at Washer, but I'm just going to plug it here. So I have a good friend who's here, named John Perry, who's teaching a class, and he's going to be in it. He wrote this book. It's all I am, the first book ever. It's called Insecure. And uh, this book is not written for people like me, although I'm insecure. It's actually written for people like you. It's written for people your age. You see, it's not uh, super thick. And it's written with a bunch of junior high and high school illustrations. And uh, I mean, you and mine. It's uh, less than eight dollars. Yeah, seven ninety-seven. Um, and you know, had to play the question eight, guys. And, uh, I double checked the math. And um, the uh, uh, I would say that insecure is what describes most of my existence, and certainly my junior high and high school existence. And uh, maybe I was an outlier, or maybe I was maybe you feel like that too. Maybe you feel like you don't belong, maybe you feel like you get left out, or you're being excluded, or that you wonder why people don't like you, or you're scared people don't like you, or you're worried that everyone's watching you, or all kinds of things. And uh, those things are true to one degree or another, um, and this book helps you handle that. So it's five books, it's five this one, it's a good one, it's all the same. Anyway, other thing I want to say is that I'm dumb, and uh, I can prove that to you. Because this elective has been super hot every week, right? And I've been like, every week, every day, and I've been like, man, this thing is bad. And written on top of this thing is backup unit only. That's what's written on there. And I thought that was weird. I was like, I don't know what that means. And I just never even looked at the ceiling and realized that we have a thermostat over there. It could have been much cooler than what's <laughs> So, um, yeah, we have like, we have like an actual real deal air conditioner that we haven't been using. And when I say we, I mean me. So, my apologies on that. I'm dumb, again. So, sorry. Um, okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes. My wife is here. She'd be like, amen. Amen. Um, what do we, let me pray and we'll get going. Uh, Lord, give us time and energy and clarity. Lord, point us towards you. Proudly things in Christ's name for us. What have we done this week? Is that some people will say I harped on it, um, whatever. Uh, my style is not for everyone, and that's fine. Um, what have we done is we have looked at how our phones are changing, how our phones are affecting our lives making us slightly different people, and by degree, very different people. And I've tried to list the, the problems, right? That we're addicted to distraction, that we are, uh, we ignore the people that are right around us, the people who are far or ignoring flesh and blood people, that uh, we uh, take more time to consume than create, that we're made to create, that we are constantly seeking other people's approval, that we are losing our literacy and that we're getting lonelier and lonelier. And all these things are true without phones, but phones make these things worse, right? And that's the case that I've been trying to hammer home, is that I just want to have a discussion about how we can change the way we use our phones, but I don't believe that anyone has ever taken chemotherapy without first being told they have cancer. So I spent a lot of time trying to tell you and to talk to myself, really, that we have a problem and it needs some radical treatment. 
right? But I didn't want to leave with the radical treatment because then people will be like, he's a psycho, he's a So instead, what I've tried to do this week is say, hey, look, this is a real problem, okay? This is a real problem. Whether you realize it or not, this is an issue for us. And this is a conversation worth having, is that our phones are doing things to us that are not exactly good. Okay? So today, what I want to do is I want to talk about how we can fight back. Like, how we can take ownership of our phone, how we can take our phone and set it at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, this is your phone, not my phone, and I want to use it to your support. Before I talk about some steps or tips that I can give you that I've gotten from other people, I have to say this. Because any time that we do tips or life hacks or rules or, or guides or anything like that, any time we do that, there's a part of me that says, like, good. Like, now I can do this and everything will be okay. And that part of me is called a Pharisee. And that part of me needs to die. And that part of me is the worst part of me. And there are going to be some of you who take this. And you're going to be, whether you, maybe it's something you naturally do, you're going to start doing these tips. And you're going to be knocking them out. You're going to be like, I'm awesome. I'm killing it. And you're going to start looking at other people who aren't doing it. And you're going to say, God, thank you, I'm not like that pathetically. So this is their thing. And the thing is, is that um, Jesus talks about that. He talks about a Pharisee who prays out in the open and says, thank you for making me show awesome, God. And then about the, the, uh, a tax collector who beats his breath and says, Lord, have mercy on me too. And you definitely want to be the second person. So let me just get this out in the open right now. Before we do this, is that whether you do really well with your phone or do really poor with your phone, whether you are, uh, whether you're doing really well in anything, whether you're reading your Bible a lot and praying a lot, or whether you're praying once a quarter, or you're you're, you're really struggling to read the Bible, whatever you're doing, what, you know, whether you're tithing or not tithing, whether you're whatever you're doing, okay, that if you are in Christ, you're doing those things in Christ. And that your salvation and your relationship with God is a hundred. It's perfectly secure, regardless of your own personal performance. That's like what we're about here at All Line. Um, if, if, the, the, if, if we don't say that, we didn't do All Line. Okay? That's the, that's the heart of the gospel, is that my relationship with Christ is not based... Here's the thing, okay? Is that there are a lot of people who are better people than I am. They're better than me, right? And some of them, a lot of them, aren't believers. They're non-Christians, right? They're Mormons, or they're Buddhists, or Muslims, or atheists. And they're better people than me, right? And the difference between me and them is not that I'm better than you. The difference between me and them is that I'm better off. Because my sins are paid for on the cross with Jesus Christ. And what's heartbreaking is that even though they're better and they might may even have fewer sins than me, their sins are not sinful. And so I can never look down my nose at them or act like I'm better than them. I'm not. I'm just better off. And whether you use your phone well or don't use your phone well, whatever rules you can apply. Philippians Lewis said, he said, um, God does not love us because, or we do not, the Christian does not do good things so that God might love them. The Christian does good things because God is love. We believe, we don't believe that God will love us because we are good, but we believe 
that God has loved us, and so therefore He will make us do it. Okay? I just want to be abundantly clear about that. Because any time that you talk about rules, there's some people who, who there's some people who ruin it. They're, they're me. I'm the person who ruins it. I love rules, and I shouldn't. Um, and so I just want to be clear there. If I've been sufficiently clear, um, if I stated justification by faith alone through Christ alone, I'm sorry, through faith alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. Solos. You got it, right? The last day, I saw a lot of these lessons. So, um, but you got it. Um, okay. With that said, what are we going to do? Okay. How do we own our phones instead of our phones owning us? And we're going to talk to some tips, okay? Talk to some tips and things that I've gotten from other people. And all of these we're going to do, we're going to do in Christ, all right? And whether we do them well or we don't do them well. And I'm going to tell you, too, is that I try to do all these things, but I don't always do them. And even when I try to do them, I don't always do them well. So I've not arrived. This is not Kirk being like, hey, come be like me. I'm not. Don't be like me, okay? Do your best to avoid me, all right? That's, when you end up like Kurt, not good. So, anyway, um, here we go. What do we do, okay? And I'm going to start off with the easiest things to do. And I would say everything that's listed here is like, you can't really say that you're trying if you're not doing this. This is like baby steps. This is couch to 5K, taking over your phone, okay? You know, couch to 5K, you start off, and you're like a couch swab, a couch potato, and, like, they're going to get you to run a 5K. And you're not going to run it fast, but you're going to run it. And they take you step by step. You start out, and it's like you run for two minutes, walk for eight, you know, or, like, run for a minute, like, and eventually get up to where you can run the whole thing, right? And that's what we're doing here. And the first step, and this is an easy thing to do, all right, is that we're going to turn off all non-essential notifications on our phone. Turn off all non-essential notifications. And I, I hesitate to use myself as an example, but here's what, here, my phone only uh, buzzes for three things, okay? Three things, all right? It buzzes when I get a text message. It buzzes when I get a phone call. And it buzzes whenever Misty State loses it something. So, um, I don't watch this play a lot, so I just... I would just rather find out that we lost and have to go to the agony. So, um, and in the most excruciating way possible, too. Like we'll, we, we are so good at that. But, so, those are the only times that my phone buzzes, all right? Other, I've, I've cut off everything else, okay? So, no social media. My phone doesn't buzz. No town hall upgrades. No, like, so-and-so snaps. No, none of that. All of that is gone. And all we're doing is what we absolutely have to have which is text messaging and, and, and phone calls, okay? Where everything else we're cutting off. And while we're doing this is we're cutting our phone off at the source. We're heading it off the path. We're saying, look, we've already classically conditioned ourselves that we have to answer these things call. And it's going to take a lot of work to undo that. But in the meantime, what we can do is we can limit minute calls. We can say, hey, I'm... I'm I'm kind of addicted to answering me, so I'm just going to limit the amount of time that you can talk to me. It's not like setting a boundary in a relationship or setting a boundary with a phone saying, you can only contact me. Damn. So I'm going to check my phone. We'll come back to that. I'm going to check my phone on my schedule, not on my phone. Okay? Second thing is that we're going to delete expired or non-essential apps. Get rid of them. Don't leave stuff on your phone that you'll be tempted to waste time on. Right? Just get rid of them. 
There's no, you have a ton of apps in your phone that you never check. And maybe the only time you ever check it is like on the off chance you were so bored and you were out of data, this is like the only thing that you can really do on your phone on the plane. That's a great time to be alone with God. So we're going to delete those apps, okay? We're going to get rid of that opportunity. We're just going to delete. We don't need it. Why would you leave something? And you, if I leave in a garbage, a full garbage bag in your house, like, well, I might need that garbage later. We call those people something, hoarders. They're sick. They need to be, you know, they need treatment. So let's not be hoarders on our phones and have like eight pages of apps that we don't really need. All right? Keep your phone out of your bedroom. Your phone doesn't go into your bedroom. Alright? This is essential. Okay? This is you will if you just try this, you will thank me for it. I promise you that you will thank me for it. You want to put your phone to bed at night. You want to tell it like I kill my little two year old night 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 I love you and I'm proud of you. That's what I say to my kids every night. I love you and I'm proud of you. You lift your phone and you say, You don't say that, but you can say night night phone. And you plug it up in the kitchen. You plug it up. Treat it like a baby. It's, 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 you're becoming emphasized a little bit. But like, treat it like a baby. Plug it up in the kitchen or in the living room or away from wherever you sleep. Someone here is going to be like, I'm in college. I'm going to go in. Okay. Well, then put it in the other corner. All right? But put it to bed, okay, at night. And then when you wake up in the morning, do your thing and then go wake it up. Good morning, son. Like, you know what that's going to give you the opportunity to do? First of all, it's going to give you the opportunity to do three things that are essential to your life. First of all, that you will sleep better. You will sleep longer and better. And you will find out that when you're on your phone, it's kind of like when you haven't had a sickness. Like, you're just like, you're annoying. Like, you're, you're hangry. You're not hangry. You're just like sleep deprived. And you will, some of you will try this. And you will be like, wait a second. When that guy just smudged my sneaker on accident, I shouldn't have shot him in the face. Like, <laughs> I mean, I feel this strange feeling of self-control and patience. It's weird. I'm just going to forgive that guy and move on with my life. I'm being hyperbolic there. But you will find that you're living a better life when you're sleeping. Just try sleeping eight hours a night. You will live a better life. Okay? The other thing that's going to happen is that you're going to actually have time to be in God's Word. Because when you wake up in the morning, you're not going to have your phone there to distract you, like, whatever. You know what I mean? But you have actual time to, like, get your Bible, take your Bible from, like, an accessory, like a purse that you take to church once a week, and actually, like, crack that thing open and read it a little bit. Or pray. Alright? And then the other thing is that you're going to have time to talk to your family. And I know that sounds, like, not ideal. You know what I mean? Like, trust me. I don't love talking to my family. They, um, and when I mean that, I mean, I'm actually thinking about my parents there. I don't love talking to my wife. But um, I like hate talking to talk to my wife and my children. Um, but, like, you're going to have some time to actually have, like, real family time. So we're going to put our phone to bed at night. We're going to tell it night-night. We're going to put it in the kitchen or the living room. I don't care where you put it. It's all in your bedroom where you sleep, right? And... Then we're going to wake it up in the morning, but after we've done what we need to do, we've gotten up, we've taken our shower, we've got our whatever, we've done our makeup, or whatever it is you do in the morning, like straighten our hair, or I don't know, whatever it is you do, everyone has different routines. Like, we're going to do that, and then we're going to go to our phone, right? So we're going to keep our phone out of our bedroom. I think this is like, on this page, this is the most important thing, okay? 
which is kind of the hardest thing to do because we're so used to having, well, we're like trying to put outlet lighting. It turns out your house probably has plenty of outlets. Um, the, uh, my kitchen has like a ton of outlets, so good there. But not my kitchen, your kitchen. Anyway. Okay, moving on. A little bit, a little bit harder to do, a little bit harder to do, things that we can do. Use a self-restricting app. Look, we've already established that we have trouble with our phones. We have trouble staying off of them. So let's try to work against that and exercise some self-control. I don't know if that for you is Bark or Life360 or Moment or whatever it is you want to use. But there's a lot of apps out there to help you stay off your phone. Use a self-restricting app so that you are not on your phone all the time. If you know that it's a problem, the first step is admitting that it's a problem. And the second step is actively trying to do something to prevent that problem. And this is one way to do it. Use a self-restricting app, all right? Use something that, that says, hey, look, you've used up your Instagram time for today. All right? You know, you can do that, right? And, about, and you can obviously go in and change them, right? You know, it's like you could do Weight Watchers but not count the points. I and mean, what's the point of it, right? You know what I mean? Like, the, you could do different things, but... So I'm assuming, what we're assuming here is that you're actually trying to exercise You don't want to be like Russ talked about. You don't want to be like, set your goal for the day, like 100 steps, and then be like, I am killing it. Like, that's not what we're going for. I think that's the whole point of what he was talking about. So you've a, use a self-restricting app. Check your phone on your schedule. Don't check your phone on your phone's schedule. And so when you turn off non-essential notifications, this will become a lot easier. I will tell you something about successful businesses. Millionaires and billionaires, a lot of them, and a whole lot more than you would guess, refuse to check their email before lunch. They refuse to do it. They will not check their email before lunch. You know why they do that? Because they know what they've got to do each day. You know, their days are highly organized and highly scheduled days, right? And they know that they've got things they need to address. And if they check their email before lunch, they will have... Everyone will be bringing them problems to solve and bringing them things to think about. And they don't want to do that. So they set aside time to do what they've got to get done. And then, after lunch, they're like, okay, I can help other people with their problems. They check their email on their schedule. That is very smart, all right? That's part of the reason why they're successful, okay? And we want to do that with our phones. We want to check our phones on our schedule. And what will happen is that when we check our phones on our schedule and not on our phone's schedule, we turn off notifications when we say, hey, look, I'm just going to be on my phone when I want to be on my phone. I'm not going to be on my phone whenever my phone wants me to be on my phone. Right? Is that we will use our phones better. I'm not saying that you have to delete whatever it is that you're thinking of. You want to play Clash Royale? That's fine. Play it. But you don't need to know that your chest needs to be open or whatever, like, or that your goblet is whatever. I, like, whatever it is, like, go ahead and do that, but do it on your schedule. Don't do it on the phone schedule because the phone is actively trying to take over. We'll talk about that at the end. The phone is designed to take over and be in charge. You be in charge. Invite criticism. Okay. This is a horrible for me to talk about because I hate criticism. Um, like, like the, the leaders will do, I'll tell you this, the leaders like do evaluations in classes, and we get those back. Like, so every, I've taught like, elective here since 2009, so I've taught for 10 years I've been teaching elective. Um, in one form or another. And like, so I've received, and most of the comments that I receive are really positive comments. And that's not me like bragging, it's just like people are generally pretty serious and So they will 
And the reason that is is because I so desperately want to please and be approved by other people. And that criticism thing speaks in my heart. And like it's tough to receive criticism. Right? And not sometimes you receive criticism and bad criticism. But some people take my classes and they're like, they'll say something about me and I'll be like, Well, I didn't say that. They're like, this guy said this, and I'll be like, I didn't say that, that got dumb. Now don't worry about that at all. What we're really students, okay, is when they say things that are true. Right? When they're critical of me and I know that it's true. And I'm like, and I want to be angry at them, but I, that's just redirecting the anger somewhere that it shouldn't be. In reality, I, I'm just angry at myself and I don't know what to do with it. So that's, like, I'm just telling you, I'm 39 years old, and I don't handle criticism well, right? So instead, what I need to do to overcome that, I need to invite criticism, right? I need to invite criticism. And I'm telling you that you should invite criticism by your phone. So do you want to know how to work criticism in the right way? Then ask for it. And it won't seem like Ask for Christmas. Let me show you what that looks like, okay? So instead of like, I know Leslie, so I'll use her as an example. If, if I just wanted to Leslie, and I was like, Leslie, you're on your phone too much. It's really terrible. Like, like that's criticism, right? It's not super constructive criticism. It's just kind of like a harangue against Leslie. And that's going to make her feel very good. But if Leslie were to come to me as a friend and say, and Leslie were to say, Kirk, you know, I really live in Tennessee, but like, it's like, I come on my phone a lot, and I don't like it that I'm on my phone a lot. And we just, if I'm on my phone in public, will you just like hold me accountable that? Will you just like remind me that like, like hey, hang up and hang out? Then I can walk up to Leslie and I can be like, Leslie, hey, you're on your phone a lot. And she's going to accept that criticism, right? Because she invited it. She invited it in. And now she knows that it's coming from a place of love. And support. It's not like, hey, I'm going to point out what's bad about you. Kind of criticism, right? Plenty of people do that to me. And I ask, like, whatever about that. But, like, um, it's, it's like, hey, um, it's always the younger people thing, by the way. Just to get back on the evaluation for a second. It's always the younger leaders and chaperones who are like, I could have thought that better. And like, and like, hey, man, why don't you go for it? We'll just see how it goes. The, um, like, the, uh, you're probably right. You're probably right, but whatever. But, like, when you invite Christmas and you say, hey, tell me, tell me, then it doesn't sting as bad because you know that you, it's a safe person and it's a safe place. And so here's what I want you to do. Invite criticism. Invite criticism. You can invite your parents to criticize you about how often you're on your phone. They're going to criticize you anyway, so you might as well invite it, right? You might as well be like, and listen to it. You can invite your friends and say, hey, listen, I think that I do this too much. Will you help me not do this? And what this does is this is, God, this is how the church is supposed to work, right? You were made to have accountability. We're going to come back to that in just one second. But you were made to have accountability. And the way that we use criticism is that we invite it into our lives. And we allow, you, ever go to a, you ever go to a church where the pastor is preaching and you're like, is this guy following me around? You just feel like he's talking directly to you. Like, that's the Holy Spirit. He's not talking directly to you. But that's, that's your conscience and your spirit being convicted. And it hurts and it doesn't feel good. And at the same time, you know it's right. Okay? Like it feels right. It doesn't feel good, but it feels right. And that's good. That's a part of growing as a Christian. Some of my favorite pastors that I've had in my life have been ones that I felt like they preached right at me. And I, I didn't, I was like, does he have a camera following me? Like he's, he's talking exactly about how I am. And it hurt, but it was a good hurt. Okay. So we're in my Christian. Let's keep going. 
We're going to give over full access to our phone so that certain people, safe people, kind of anyone, put a passcode on your phone, you're savage, but like, um, people who don't have passcodes, so I'm saying it, but like, we're going to invite someone to have full access to our phone. Someone who is older, wiser, stronger than us, spiritually, to have full access. Your parents often check in your phone. Anyway, they pay for it, first of all. It's their phone. So don't even get into that privacy issue. They're paying too much. Well, I pay for my own phone. Don't pay for a ton of things. So it's not even good over there with me. But I promise you'll pay the more. Anyway, look, I need this. I need to get like this. I'll give you just one example from my life. My phone's down there. But if I were to hand you my phone, I could say, hey, I'll give you $100 if you can find Safari on my phone. You won't find it. Okay? You won't find Google Chrome or are there other browsers? Next State Navigator? Um, <laughs> yeah. Internet Explorer? I don't know. I don't know what browsers are. Mozilla Firefox? You won't find them. I only have one internet browser, and it is a terrible internet browser, all right? I have not figured out how it works at all, because sometimes I'll visit a site one time, and it will constantly be up there with like a bookmark. It's like some article about something I don't care about. Like, and, and then I'll visit a site like multiple times, and I can't get it to like auto, like autofill, and I have to like type in like flashes and everything to get there. It's, called, it's a terrible browser, okay? It's called Covenant Eyes. But the cool thing about this browser is that every place that I visit on my phone, every website that I visit on my phone and my laptop, is that my wife gets a list of every website that I've been Alright? Now, do you think I'm doing that for fun? Do you I'm doing that because my wife, like, just loves checking the career industry? No, I'm not. I'm doing that because I need accountability. Because just like everybody else, I might be tempted to look or to read or to do things that I shouldn't do. And it really helps me to know that I actually look over my shoulder, that I'm never really by myself anywhere, including on mine. That's called accountability. You are not above that. Okay? In fact, if you're not doing that, I would say that's why you're struggling spiritually. It's that you need someone to hold you accountable. Because Christianity, again, is not a single player game. It is a multiplayer game. You have to have your teammates. Right? Jesus Christ had 12 teammates. You You need someone who can look at you and ask you hard questions and say hard things to you in love. You need accountability. And some of you think that you're above that or it's not a problem for you. And I can tell you that, first of all, you don't understand your understanding. The heart is the people of all else. And you need to be Jesus Christ, person. Because as soon as I really met Jesus Christ, I knew that I couldn't do what he wanted me to do on my own. I need someone else. That's why God gave us to the church. We need accountability. All right. We need to set aside time to be creative. Okay? And this can be at night if you want. You know, you want to turn your phone off at night and, or, you know, put it to bed and then go practice guitar. Gentlemen, just saying, like, it's a great time to do it. Like, get after it. Girls, practice guitar too. I love that. So, uh, that's cool. So, like, do that. Like, set aside some time for you to be creative. In other words, set your phone away and say, look, I'm going to spend this time trying to tap into whatever creative avenues I have. Um, use your car time as conversation time. I'm going to explain why this is so important. Okay? I drive my oldest child, Campbell, to school. And uh, he did kindergarten last year. Um, and uh, so 
on the way there, I talked to him. We sometimes we listen to music too, because he has actually like really solid music taste. So um, the, uh, I'm curating that hardcore, but uh, I'm trying to keep some things away from him and some things I'm trying to like cheer for. But like when he was like, Dad, could you listen to Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys? I was like, you can absolutely listen to Barbara Ann. Um, that was his favorite song for like, that was all last year. But, um, it was almost every morning. Uh, it's hard to think of bad news. Um, but uh, now I'm imagining someone crying for seeing more rare. Um, so where in Montgomery, where I tell you, where my son goes to school, there are two schools that face each other, and so like on the same road. And so there are all these people coming in to these two schools, right? And I'm talking to Campbell. And driving, and I, I, we do this route. We go around, and I drop them off at the kindergarten drop off, and then I leave, and I go back the way I came. And so I'm passing all these people who are coming to school, and some of them are high school students like you, and they're like singing at the top of their lungs, or fixing their hair, or looking super stressed out, or like holding up some book trying to read it and Terrible idea. <laughs> you will not remember what you read, and you will probably die. So. <laughs> The test will not be an issue for you. Um, I remember doing that, by the way. I remember, like, waking up that English first period, and I was driving myself to school, and, like, trying to read, like, two chapters of Romeo and Juliet, like, while I'm driving, with you think book was so dumb. So, but most of the people that I see are people getting dropped off to school. Most people I see are people getting dropped off to school, because most people that go to school get dropped, right? And... What I see most of the time is a parent who looks like they've had enough of whatever is happening today. They're just sitting there like this. Uh, and then there's some guy or girl, and every one of them has their head down, and some of them have their foot propped up, and they're just like they're all on their phones, right? Now, here's why that is tragic, okay? You know that's tragic. You never want to use our It's because we really believe, and some of you will even put this as your senior verse. You'll say, you know, I think I've talked about that, but like, um, but something like that all things work together for the good of those who love God, right? Like, we really believe that. And we really believe that, like, God is, like, ordaining our content, right? We really believe, like, God, that there are, there's no such thing as an accident, right? That everything is working toward a time in history where Jesus will make all things new. We believe that, okay? And God has placed you in this tiny space of another person, and you're just going to spend the whole time on your phone. Like, that's a great time. Part time is a great time to talk to people. Alright? It's a great time. If it's your parents taking you to school, or if it's even more important, guys, if you're giving your little siblings rides to school, they worship the grounds you walk on. They would never tell you that. Alright? They're constantly trying to prove themselves to you. But this is a great time to talk about things that matter in the car. And we're throwing it away. We're throwing it away this time when they're trapped. They're trapped. They have to talk to you. Your mom or your dad. It's what they get their heart broken. They dumped people. They like, you know, my dad was in a band in high school. I didn't even know that until I was like fourteen. I looked at my dad in a whole new life. Alright? They even have an album, right? Their name was the Pendulum. What a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> But that, I got to make fun of my dad about that. We talked about it. I thought it was really cool that he plays bass. 
and also they're like, I think basically the latest one, so, um, so, like, you're barely in the but, um, I don't learn that. I don't learn that. Because I'm constantly on my phone. So let's make part-time conversation time. Okay, this is the hardest thing, okay? This is probably the most important, and this is the hardest thing. And now we're like, to, okay, we're really going for it. We're like not doing chapter 5K anymore. We're trying to like get our time now at this point. Um, is we want a fact from our screen. Now, look, before I talk about this, I want to tell you something. Everyone look at my eyes right now, not the screen. Everyone look at my eyes. When I start talking about this, you're going to be tempted to say, I can never do that because of this, 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 and this. And that is a bunch that's not true. Um, <laughs> Um, you, look, it's the last elective, just give me a break. Um, you can absolutely do this. You can. I feel like I'm a personal trainer right now. I don't know I look like a personal trainer, but you can do this, okay? It's not impossible, right? It's not, right? The Bible is very clear about two things, about, it's clear about a lot of things, but these two things particularly is, Prayer and fasting. That our life with God should be characterized by prayer and fasting. And some of us barely pray, and most of us have never fasted, right? And what they're talking about in fasting is like food, fasting from food. So they would not eat food. And the reason they would do it, it was not, they weren't, they weren't on a cleanse, they weren't trying to like get into their progress. That's not what they were doing. It. They, were, they were not eating because they were reminding themselves. They remind themselves that them putting food in their mouth was not what was keeping them alive. It was God's good grace. Right? And so it was a reminder that they were depending upon God and not depending upon themselves. And some people will say, I know that people have eating, eating disorders, and they will take fasting, and they will run with it and do things simply with it. Just understand, don't do that. But also, it's not just food that we can fast from. We can fast from our streams. And I, there's a book, a guy named Andy Crouch for the book, I think it's pretty good, and he talks about how to fast from screens, and this is his suggestion. He says, one waking hour a day, one waking hour a day, right, turn your phone off. Turn it off. Not go, like, not just, like, set it down. Turn it off so that you can't, so it cannot touch you in any way, right? Like, turn it off. Already some people in here are like, I'm a mom and I'm a kid or I'm a pastor or I'm a whatever. And I would say to them, I understand your struggle, but I would also say that we've been momming and pastoring and all that stuff for thousands of years without phone. So I'm pretty sure that you can do it for an hour. So turn your phone off for an hour. And this can be an hour, any hour, waking hour in the day. And this can be a time where you tap into your creative side. This can be a time where you spend, you know, where you spend your time in the Word, where you spend time in prayer, where you spend time in a good conversation with a friend. Whatever it is, but an hour a day, turn that thing off so that it cannot touch you. Okay? Turn that thing off so it can't touch you. You're just reminding yourself, hey, look, this isn't what gives me life. One day a week. And I will qualify this by saying eight hours, eight waking hours. Okay? So one day a week, shut the thing off. Shut it down and turn it off. Um, don't, and just leave it behind you. You want to make Sunday your day? Perfect. You wake up at, I don't know, 8 a.m. on Sunday, 
Like, I don't know when you guys wake up. I go to early church because that's where the real Christians are. But, um, <laughs> um, I do love early church because I have two alarm clocks that don't have to do And um, so I'm already up anyway. But I don't want my children to They, uh, so. <laughs> You get up at 8 a.m., you eat your breakfast, you just leave your phone wherever you left it the night before. Just don't even touch it. You eat your breakfast, you get dressed, you go out the door, you go to church, maybe you go to lunch afterwards, depends on, you know. Whatever. Um, I want to get the Sabbatarian issues right now, but um, do your thing. Maybe you get home at noon. Maybe you get home at one. Right? You get home at one. We're already five hours in. You just find something to do for three hours and you're done. Right? It's not like go do something fun with your friends, or read the Bible, or sit down with your family, or you know, finish that project that's due. I don't know. Whatever it is, we're just. It's not that hard. It's not as hard as you think, right? Eight hours you can find. Turn it off and don't take to school one day. When you come home, you're good, right? Now, um, so the school is about eight hours, right? But, but one day a week, we're going to turn our phones off so that it can't touch us for the day, all right? We can't touch us for the day. And then lastly, one week a year. Now, this is already built into my schedule. If we go on a mission trip, we're not allowed to take our phone, and it's for a whole week. So I don't have my phone for a whole week um, and already. But you know what? If you wanted to, you can make this week your one week of the year. And you come to RYM, you know what I mean? You come to RYM, get off the bus, you turn it off. We'll take five days. You know, it's a five-day conference. We'll call five days a week. I'll be, we'll just be as fresh as possible. Like, um, turn it off when you get off the bus here or you get out of the van, and then you just don't turn back on until you've left. And guys, you're going to fashion your phone, and what you're going to realize is, is that when you try to do this, and even if you don't do it well, when you try to do this, you will see one that God will bless us. If anything we do for Jesus Christ's sake, God will bless us. Right? God will bless us if we are trying to live our lives for Him. Right? But also, what you'll see is that when you do use your phone, you use it more efficiently and effectively. It's like tithing or the Sabbath. Let me give you an example. So when I was in college, I didn't tithe. And then all of a sudden I read a book, and it wasn't about tithing, it was about something else. But there was a part in there about tithing, and I got convicted, and I thought I should tithe. And that means, in case you didn't grow up in the church, that I was going to give 10% of my money to the church off the top. I just going to be like, here's the first 10%, you have it. And I gave it to the church. Do you know that something magical happened when I started to give 10% to the church? It's that I started to have more and more money. Beforehand, I would be in the danger zone quite frequently. Where it'd be like, I have $8 in the bank, right? And there's like, you know, I'm not going to get any money until like a week. So I've got to get really, I've got to get really, hey, I guess, sir. i got to get really creative about how to spend my money. But after I started tithing, after I started giving my money away to the church, I started to have more and more money. I never even came close to uh, overdrafting the dues. You know why? But the Holy Spirit gave me a special interest rate. No, he was not. Here's what happened. It's very practical. Is that because I was giving 10% of my money away, I started to take real, I to pay real close attention to that 90%. Because I knew I was giving 10% away, I was paying real close attention to that 90%. Because I know that I'm giving one day away a week um, for the Sabbath, 
I'm going to start paying real close attention to those other six days and how I use my time. I begin to use my time and my money more efficiently because I'm giving it away. Right? And if you give some of your phone time away, you'll find. And again, I'm not saying you have to get rid of everything. Right? Some of you may need to. But if you, if you give some of that time away, what you will find is that you use the rest of it more efficiently. Guys, you can do this. Okay? This is not impossible. This is not even like Superman level. This is, you can do it. Okay, you can absolutely do it. Okay, so, um, if you want to read more about this, I've got some suggestions for you. This is in the bookstore uh, over there, uh, 12 Ways of Changing Me. So you're going to start reading this and be like, Kirk took a lot from this book. Uh, I've heard this before. That would be good. But if this is easy to read, they sold out of it in Colorado, all right? Some of you might have to get some money, maybe. No, probably not. So I don't get any money for this, but it's a really good book. And um, you should read this book. Uh, there's another book called Irresistible. The first two-thirds of this book, it gets repetitive at the end, but the first two-thirds of this book are phenomenal. This is where he goes into how phones are designed to keep your attention. They're designed for you to never put them down. Like, for instance, you know the badges on phones? You know the little badges that say, like, you have a text message, like the red circle, and they're, like, with the number on it? You know that one you know that when Apple designed those originally, they were blue. And then they went and talked to uh, the people who made slot machines in Las Vegas. And, um, you know, the slot machines are designed to, like, keep the player there and they were like, look, make those things red. If you make them red, people will get angry. Red brings out anger, and people will want to get rid of those things, and so they will constantly be trying to get them down to the secret, right? Like, your phone is designed for you to stay on it. If they designed it like that. They designed it to stay on it. So, and this guy, there's a, there's, you guys like the cocaine situation that I talked about? That's where I got it. It's from this guy. Third book for you parents, the tech watch family. This guy's plan is called Almost Amish, if I ain't proud. And um, before we judge him and what he does, I think all of his kids went to college for free and play like an instrument and like can do all these other stuff. So clearly he knows what he's talking about a little bit. There's a lot of stuff good there. Okay. I always like to leave a little time at the end for questions and comments because I do a whole lot of talking and you guys do hardly any talking here. So, are there any questions and comments? Uh, oh, here we go. I'm going to wrap it back. You mentioned the screen time limit. I have some friends who try to do that, but when they have the passcode, they always seem to be like, um, no, you just put it in and ignore it. But my mom actually put a screen limit on mine. And I don't know the password, yeah. but he does. That's so. good. That's good. That's called self-control and accountability. That's perfect. Like, that's what we're going for. You have a limit, and you can't just change it. Like Russ did with his Fitbit. Like, we don't want to do that. We don't want, like, it's not real accountability, and it's not real self-control if you can jump out of it any time you want when no question's asked. So that's actually what we're going for. All right. On. On. All right, I saw you first. Huh? I don't even know. I've never even used like three six six seven. Okay. Alright. Whatever. Alright. Oh, thank you. Okay, so give me an example. Yeah, yeah, because it's your job to be on the planet. 
Okay, well, like, someone asked about this. A girl in the first hour has an Instagram Okay? And she was like, I have to go on Instagram because um, like, I'm making money. I'm selling stuff on Instagram. And I was like, that's great. I said, but, you know, when I go to work, right, like I go into my office, I don't pick my feet up on my desk and be like, all right, work time. I'm just kind of hang out there and do nothing, right? I'm actually, like, getting things done. And there's a difference between getting things done on your phone, which you actually want to do, and just casually scrolling through, just, like, finishing your streets or keeping your streets or, you know, like, doing whatever. Like, there's a big difference between those two things, right? But I would say this, and I'd say this to your dad if you're here, is that even if your phone is work phone, even if your phone, you use your phone for work, no one works 24 hours a day, all right? You know, in fact, the Bible says don't become a workaholic. It says actively don't work on this day. Like, take this day and give it to the Lord to remind yourself that your work is not what keeps you going to God. So, yeah, I'm not saying not to use your phone. I hope you didn't hear that. I'm saying that when you use your phone, you want to use it efficiently and use it the way you want to use it and not just, you know, mind-numbingly consume and constantly just scroll through. Does that make sense? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he started. What do we do if we already get phone? Text your mom back. You should have a phone. You should definitely text your mom back. So, if you heard me say, don't answer your mom's text, and you have not been listening to me, answer your mom's text. She's paying for the phone. Like, but that girl, that, that girl that came to watch you wrestle with the state qualifier, you might have to text her back. Okay? Now, um, <laughs> He has a shirt on. Come on, guys. Come on. Yes. Do you have a question or are you just pointing at your feet? All right. Yes, sir. Sure. Okay. Sure. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, so his question, I know we got to go, okay? But his question is, what if I use my phone creatively? Like, what if I use it to read a book? Or what if I use it to uh, to look up songs to play or things like that? Fine. Okay, just understand this, okay? Remember what I said about what you were painting. You know that when you read on a, uh, on a device, you retain less than when you read it on a page. Like, that's not my opinion, that's Facts. And, um, facts. <laughs> um, facts, bro. So, you need to count the cost there, my man. I'm, again, I'm not laying down the law of the leaves and the person, but I would argue with you that you need your phones in order to play guitar because, um, you could just look up some songs online and print them out and then put your phone up and play. Like, like, in fact, that's what I do because you don't want to scroll while you're playing. That's just messed up anyway. But I know they have auto scroll. It doesn't work the way they say it does. So, um, like, if you want to find excuses to use your phone and still and still say you follow these rules, just like the young lawyer want to find excuses to call people non-neighbors, you can do it. Like, all of us can do it, and you probably will do it. What I'm telling you is, these are tips if you realize that your phone's a problem and you're trying to take control of it. These are not tips if you're just looking for an excuse to say you're righteous. I'm not saying that's what you're doing. I'm saying, like, there's a, there's a part of us inside of us that wants to do that, and I hope that makes sense. I'm not coming down to you in any way. I just think, like, you can probably get around that. Um, if you wanted to. All those buy paper books, those people need money. So, um, but yeah, I know they get paid for the single, but much less. All right, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to be done with pray.
Um, Lord, thank you for this time. We ask that you bless the food that we're about to eat. We ask that you would keep everyone safe today, tomorrow, as they travel home. Lord, we ask that everything that we do would be for your glory, that even our use of our phones, Lord, that we would glorify you with that. We pray all these things in Christ's name and for sake. Amen. Y'all get out of here.